I laughed at the Office Max. Oh, right. The Prince thing. thing. Yeah, that was funny, too. That cracked well, me up, I got mad about that, though, because Andrew says something about Staples not selling Bic roller pens. <laughs> and I can say from experience, as someone who buys a lot of Bic roller pens, that Staples does sell Bic roller pens. You seem really on your pens. Uh, I sometimes need them for trivia. I didn't know this was a passion of yours. Yes, so, I know. This seems, you seem unnaturally worked up over <laughs> yes. some Yes. I buy Bic roller. When they're on sale, I go in and buy, like, they come in boxes of 60, and I buy box after box at a time. Do you collect them after? No. That's why. Yeah. Well, that's why. We use dumb little golf pencils for my trivia Well, plays. so golf pencils are our fallback when we run out of company-issued pens. But I hate the golf pencils so much that I buy big roller pens because they're only like when you get them on sale, you can get them for like four or five bucks a box for 60. That'll get me through a couple of weeks. <laughs> you're committed. I, I, I applaud you. I can't you. believe you're burning this content. Bobby. That's a good <laughs> point. <You're rolling. laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me this morning, your cavalcade of hosts all along the I-35 corridor. We'll go north to south, starting in New Brighton, Minnesota, Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. A long drive down to Dallas, Texas will get us to Meredith all the way Mayhem. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. And just a little bit further in comparison to the drive from Minnesota down to Austin, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for embracing Southern Texas. <laughs> We're going to start with uh, some LRB business and things we must discuss, followed by your weekend review, including your clip of the week, some housekeeping and how to get involved. Uh, before we get started with everything related to our show and our usual format. I just want to point out the Prince episodes of TBTL, which were curated and posted on Facebook by, I had nothing to do with it, mainly Ben Quick, uh, utilizing the TBTL archives spearheaded by Christy Wise. And uh, Mike, you had a hand in orchestrating this. Uh, Well, when the whole thing went down, uh, didn't, um, Prince died on Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone was uh, on the Stens page, you know, it was kind of a place for people to get together and talk about it. And there were two episodes that were pretty much, you know, Prince related. I think one was an actual episode of the podcast. And I think one was an hour of the radio show back in the day. And I just, I remembered that that these existed, and I think Ben was actually talking about it in our LRB chat because he's the newest member of our team. He's going to be editing some shows for us, and he volunteered to go back and find those episodes. He found them. He posted them to the LRB page, and then I threw them up on the Stens page, and the guys talked about it uh, Friday on the show and also in the newsletter. And I'm sorry Ben didn't get um, as much credit or really any credit for it, but 
it was all Ben finding those episodes, and they're really great. And they're pinned to the top of uh, the Stents page and our page for the time being. So if you want to listen to some really great Prince content from TBTL that really shows how much they loved him and appreciated him, go there and uh, click on those links. A couple of notes about the newsletter. Thank you, Andrew, for getting the links in for us. Uh, But do expect a cease and desist for illegally turning our logo purple. Ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it was thoroughly appropriate, but uh, you're going to have to answer to some powers that be. I think Jeremy's drafting a letter, so. Yes. (laughs) Be careful with that. Let's get through the rest of the business, guys. Mike, uh, tell us where we are with House Hunters Texas. We are no longer showing the house. We still have a for sale sign out front because the papers haven't been signed, but uh, the house has been inspected and uh, the buyers need no repairs. Uh, We didn't need an appraisal because it's a cash sale, so it's going to go through quickly and quickly enough for us to get into our new house with no problem in probably mid to late May. I'll have a lot more um, details on this. Uh, I think we're going to do a show this week because we have an extra week in April that um, because we, we, you know, we were going to alternate having tens, Phyllis, 10 clip show, you know, that way, but we have an extra week. So we're going to do a show this week where we just kind of talk about ourselves. So uh, I, I will get a lot more into the sale of the house and where I am personally and Emily's health and, and all that um, more. All right, then. Anne has friends. Do you have numbers for us? I do. And I don't want to belabor this too much anymore to the point where people are like, oh, my God, you have friends. We get it. Let's move on. (laughs) But I will say that uh, this week I have uh, 15 new friends, which takes me up to an 83.67 increase in my total friend level. That's awesome. what's What's your raw number now? Where are you? 180. Okay, so 200 is within reach. We think we can get that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, right? I was about to say the mm-hmm. same thing. I want to make it clear here. Anne's not the one being vain. We're the one prodding her every week for this information. <laughs> this, is, this is important to us, too, because it proves how, how popular we are. If we can get mm-hmm. Anne to 200 friends, it's, you know, it's very validating for us. Every time, I, every time I bite into an ooey-gooey tar bar, I think to myself, there must be someone else out there I can get to go friend Anne. <laughs> And you were about to say, don't do it out of something, I don't know, obligation, but don't don't say that, everybody. Go friend and out of obligation to Little Red Bandwagon. That's right. Appreciate mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, do it for me, do it for us. Yes. Right, it's a team effort. Uh, Meredith, pup date? Pup date, yeah. It's been a pretty good week with Eddie the puppy. Um, one, one great highlight and one not so great highlight. Um, he went to his first day of puppy kindergarten yesterday. Which is about the most adorable thing I've ever seen. They grow up so fast. (laughs) Is it like a half day, like regular kindergarten? Yeah, I packed him a little snack, (laughs) some bumps on a log, sent him out the door onto the bus. Um, So he learned how to make eye contact with us and how to go to his bed and to chase us around instead of if he runs out the door to run away from us. Uh He he needs to learn how to run, you know, chase us instead of a car. Um, So he did really, really well at that. He was a model student. Uh, he really enjoyed it, so that's great. We're going to go back um, next Saturday for his next class. 
Um, in not so great news, I was doing some gardening this morning, weeding. It's not. It's really nice out today, and it's not too hot. So I was uh, weeding the front garden, and, and I have this pen for him so that he can be outside but not tied up. So he was in his pen, and Duff came outside and walked across the street to the neighbor's house to borrow a wheelbarrow or something, and Eddie just jumped right out of that pen ran oh, across no. the street. Yeah. So it was a it was a test of his lesson from kindergarten and he utterly failed it because I ran the other way calling him and he just kept running after Duff. So obviously we know who his favorite is, first of all. <laughs> uh, but it ended up fine. Duff caught him. There were no cars or anything. Did you so. did you watch him escape? Did he clear it com- completely or did he knock oh, he, it over? Yeah. No, he cleared it completely. I was really impressed. After I calmed down, I was like, we should take you to agility classes, dog. Right. Because it's taller than him. So That's amazing. Yeah. So that's the pup date. All right. You guys all have specific updates, and I, I don't really. But, well, I'll tell you all about my life on the next episode. If that's not a reason to tune in, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, also, I think the term pup date was coined while I was out. So whoever that was, uh, nice work. <laughs> Uh, with that, we'll go to your TBTL Week in Review, guys, starting with Monday, episode 2100. Apologies to the citizens of Talladasty. Luke is in Tampa, uh, and we get just a, a cavalcade of travel stories. I'm going to keep using the word cavalcade today. Um, talk of recombobulation stations, the little spots on the other side of TSA security where you can put your dignity back together. Oh, man. Is there anything <laughs> worse than that? Would you I like... You're in public putting your belt back on, right? No, like worse than that. <laughs> you're sagging. You you got your shoes. You got. I mean, your laptops. Ugh, I just. It's the worst. Like five minutes in in the airport to me. I haven't had to do that since getting TSA precheck, and every time I'm grateful. Yeah, I was about the best to say. eighty five dollars I've ever spent. Um, every time I'm in line and people see me cutting by or ask me what's going on. I just say it's the best eighty dollars I've ever spent to get my dignity back. Yep. Yep. Just to blast through the, the lines and not have to stop and put myself back together. Yeah. Luke also talks about admitting to enjoying TGI Fridays. I'm glad he's getting over some of that snobbiness. There's nothing wrong with a, a half gallon side of Jack Daniels glaze to dip everything <laughs> you're eating in. If you're gonna embrace it, just embrace it. Sure. Eat all those mozzarella sticks. Exactly. He's been working with Jack Sock. That's why he was in Tampa recording. Was it for a French tennis racket company or something? I think so. God, I hope we get to see the spots for that. And it's Jack Sock who's obsessed with Chipotle. <laughs> I actually haven't been to a Chipotle since the, the dust up, but not because of the scare. I just don't get to Chipotle very often. I like it. I, I don't think I would have any hesitation to go back. Yeah, those those things, those outbreaks, it just seems so random. I mean, they're just as likely to happen at high-end restaurants as they are at fast food restaurants. It's just a some problem somewhere in the chain. And I was a little nervous about it because it was spreading. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to go to Chipotle. I like Chipotle, and I, but I haven't been back. And it'll be a while, I think, before I'm comfortable enough to go. Yeah, they're going to have to offer me a coupon for way more than a free burrito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's dream talk, but I don't remember it. Of course you don't. It was about Andrew getting mad at Veeves for doing something in his dream, booking a guest at 11.40 p.m. Oh, right. Oh, right. For their other show, and he got woke up angry at her. Even in his dreams, he's working harder on his other show than TV. Yep. <laughs> Boom. 
Uh, Andrew recalls a time when he did taxes on the air on hmm. TBTL. I wonder where he got that idea. We recall that too. <laughs> and Luke tells us that a local weatherman uh, refers to sunblock as sun sauce on the air. Gross. <laughs> There's actually, I think, more talk of, well, with the print stories, we talk about all news being local later. Uh, but this is interesting because we still watch local TV news. Do you guys do this? Like we have a favorite channel. We have a favorite reporter. It's the weekend anchor and weekday field reporter, Mario Hilario. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not his name. That's totally his name. And uh, he's actually really good. And because it's local news on the weekends, he's anchoring and he's pretty professional. But then he does the adopt a pet segment, and invariably some dog comes out and mauls oh. him on TV. <laughs> I would watch. I would totally watch that. You know, one of the reasons that I really dislike local TV these days is, uh, for one thing, even in Austin, where the weather is just going to be for large parts of the year exactly the same mm-hmm. every day. Uh, they still do about eleven or twelve minutes of weather, and then whenever they have an actual news story. They send a reporter out to the scene and, uh, you know, I'm talking about like the 10 or 11 o'clock news. And they have the reporter standing in front of like the school district building where the meeting happened at nine in the morning. But now they're, they're doing a live report <laughs> at 1045 at yep. night. I'm like, OK, just because you have the technology doesn't mean you need to use the technology because <laughs> the people that are out, you know, walking around are going, What's going on over here? Why is there a news truck here? Oh, well, there was a school board meeting at nine this morning where they <laughs> voted on something. Oh, yeah. Timely. Nice. <laughs> My favorite is when they're doing weather. Like, would weather breaks beyond just the weather segment and becomes the news story for the right. day? Mm-hmm. And they send a reporter to do a remote out out front. Like, if you know where the TV news station offices are, you can always tell when they're just, they're standing <laughs> in, front in front of their, of their own, own building. building. <laughs> oh, now they have them driving around in their, in their like, vehicle that, uh, for the flooding, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. They'll just have a reporter driving around and say, oh, there's a lot of water over there. Oh, look at that. <laughs> a lot of water over there, too. Come on, guys. I haven't really adopted a, a local news station not since that I've moved to Dallas. I'm still kind of attached to the one from Grand Rapids when I was a kid. Uh, Wood TV8 was my preference. And I only watched it before school in case school was closed. Like, that was the only <laughs> right. reason I ever turned it on. But I turned it on every morning just in case. Like, what if the water main broke? Um, but the, the, I've tried to watch a few of them here in Dallas, but they're so sensationalist and so just intolerable. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I sort of just... It's on in the background in the morning when we get up and get ready. And there's a local, um, like, Today Show fourth hour, super casual, kind of look like they've been drinking, but they're not actually drinking, called mm-hmm. The Road Show, which is R-H-O-D-E. And it's just, uh, oh, it's God. like, you know, AM, sunrise, whatever. People come in and plug their local upcoming event or whatever, but it's terrible. They did a contest a couple of years ago to find a new anchor. And I think they do it every year now. They basically do an American Idol to find someone who gets paid $30,000 a year to sit on TV for one year. Oh, boy. And, you know, people are into it because it's like break into the industry as some local TV late morning is pretty painful. Well, I think that all of those shows should be called uh, 
I'm in a hotel room in whatever city it is, you know? I was just about to say, I, I watched the local Las Vegas morning show when I was getting ready when I was there earlier like, last week for my conference. I could not tell you anything about the Good Morning Austin shows, but I can tell you a lot more about, the, yeah, those Las Vegas shows or the Seattle shows or wherever I'm staying in a hotel because you just turn on the TV and they're on and you don't know where else to turn because you don't know the channels. So mm -hmm. you end up watching it. But when you're local, you don't watch that BS. You just don't do it. And I have a question um, for you, Anne. With Prince dying on Thursday, was was all of the local news, I mean, like even the weather and sports, were they trying to tie it into Prince? I mean, was it just all Prince all the time? Was it just this ongoing news, the whole deal? Did they preempt local programming? Uh, I wasn't watching TV, but when I did turn the news on, it was wall to wall there was nobody talking about anything else anywhere mm -hmm. and even um i was uh driving on the highway and there are a couple of digital billboards from the oldie station i think and they were all just big images of prints so it was every form of media everywhere uh -huh. we'll get more into prints talk later before we move on from tv talk i did want to note that Luke talks about, because he watches all of these, um, uh, I don't want to say crime shows, but like uh, all of these cable fear-mongering yeah. shows, murder porn shows. Sure. He mm -hmm. sees a lot of uh, Nancy Grace promos. Mm -hmm. Gross. <laughs> She's so bad. And it just reminds me, I don't know if you guys watched The Newsroom. Uh, I didn't I've see the last some. season, but... Early on, there's a, a couple of episodes where one of the producers is, like, making the staff watch Nancy Grace and showing how manipulative she is and breaking down, like, when she cuts to the person crying and how she uses certain words and phrases to get people all riled up. And it's impressive how much manipulation goes into all of that. Um, if he watches this shit long enough, it's going to start working. He's going to fall for it. Yeah, I think he ends up seeing those promos because he watches Forensic Files in hotel rooms, so he, he's not on his DVR. We, we've seen a lot of the Forensic Files, but we have it on DVR. So we generally get to skip through the Nancy Grace stuff, and when when we do forget and see it, it is spectacularly awful. She's mm -hmm. just an awful person, and I and I also can't get out of my mind the image of her nip slip on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, so that's... <laughs> that doesn't help you get through that it. It does not help. It does not help, Meredith. Mm. No. Okay. Uh, speaking Gets of me terrible people, Monday's Dazzling Donor is Dr. Jim, a man I had respect for. <laughs> that's over with. <laughs> Until he used his power and authority as a Dazzling Donor to force uh, Luke and Andrew to air his jingle for tbtl which sounded oddly familiar mm -hmm. mike i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i thought for sure i, I was sort of expecting it <clears throat> one eight seven seven cars for kids donate your car today i just skipped to the end Yay. yeah thank you uh top story monday johnny depp's uh dog drama continues uh with an apology video to australia uh i guess he caved i guess I, the guys gave a lot of very good reasons he probably will need to go back to film uh you know uh black pearl eight mm -hmm. the caribbean in australia continues i don't know 
It sounded sincere. It sounded pretty good. They did a nice Australia job. Australia should be protected. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like an ISIS video. Barnaby Joyce is standing right off frame yep. with a gun. <laughs> if I don't do this, they'll murder my dogs. Oh. Uh, the, the Pirates movies, I have the same relationship with them that I have with Harry Potter. This is going to piss a lot of people off, and Christy's not here to yell at me. But they're all just kind of one big mishmash. I think I've seen probably 75% of all the Pirates movies, but in 20-minute intervals on TV, and I don't know which one's which. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it matters which one's which. Yeah, exactly. It's all kind of the same. Um, With Harry Potter, we have like the sling cable package where we get a few channels, and one of them is the ABC Family Channel, which I think is now called Freeform, and they do this thing where they'll just run Harry Potter movies for like three days straight over the weekends. And so I'll come into the living room and I'll catch 20 minutes of one and then 20 minutes of another. And I just have to base it on Harry Potter's age, where in the series I think they are. But that's it. That's all I've got. Does his Columbo impression and then tries to do a Christopher Walken. His Columbo is pretty good. His Christopher Walken needs work. Yes. I don't understand why he has to say Christopher Walken every time. (laughs) I do like the idea of young Ronald Reagan and Columbo solving mysteries. (laughs) Whose idea was that? Was that Andrew's or Luke's? I, I don't remember. <laughs> that is a that is a pretty good idea, but by me saying that means it's probably not that good of an idea. Well, that's true. You do have a tendency to go the other way, like Twitter failing. It's high concept. Uh, on a Tuesday, 2101, 22-hour party people, uh, Luke and Andrew are having a bizzing contest to see who's busier. And uh, Luke is frustrated about being told he's going to be charged for a therapy appointment because he canceled within the 24 hour, no cancellation without penalty period. He canceled 22 hours before the, the session. Yeah. Do we need to talk more about this? I just want to talk about one aspect of it. I mean, it got hashed over on the stents quite a bit. Uh, and somebody posted that, um, you know, they were, they just wanted to say that they were uncomfortable with us criticizing Luke on the stands page. Uh, and I assume that this person would never listen to this show because we're, we're critical. And this, you know, Luke respects that. And it's, it's a reason, one of the many reasons he doesn't listen to this show because he wants us to be able to say what we want to say. If we didn't criticize, if the Stens didn't criticize, if there was never anything that we deemed worthy of criticism, how interesting would the show be? And also, Andrew has been talking about hot dog stories now for months and the reason that it became a thing is because we he told a boring hot dog story someone called him on telling a boring hot dog story and it became a funny thing so i mean good content from bad content and criticism grows that's my feeling yeah we're helping yeah we're, we're doing something <laughs> good here. i did have one thought not to continue hashing this over even though i don't really want to if if the therapist charged him for canceling at 26 hours before his appointment, his head would explode. Like if he's saying two hours doesn't matter. Oh, right. What if it was the other way? I'm sure he would not be okay with that. No. So long story short, I think two hours does matter. Yeah. He needs to see a therapist about this thing with <laughs> sure his therapist. Does. I only have a couple of points. It is always interesting to see when Luke 
is clearly upset with something, but also understands that he shouldn't be upset about something technically. So he dances the line of reminding us <laughs> that he knows Mm-hmm. that theoretically this is his fault and so he shouldn't be upset but then proceeds to be upset anyway well and also we have to keep in mind he, this this is all thought crime he, he's not go i mean he will pay if he has to pay sure. right he's just mad right. about it i also enjoyed his point he ma- tried to make to andrew but it failed miserably saying what if you wanted to order a pastrami <laughs> but you were just outside the pastrami delivery zone <laughs> And it's almost as if he has completely forgotten that this is a real thing that happened recently. Well, not recently, but a couple of years ago. Uh, and we happened to re-air that clip very recently. I know, good timing. <laughs> it just replaced pastrami with paleachis. And uh, mm-hmm. this is an actual TBTL scenario. Of course, that analogy didn't work at all because it was working in the wrong direction. But... Um, I just thought it was funny that he jumped to a pastrami delivery guy. <laughs> he had to re- make it relatable. To <laughs> sure. All news is local. <clears throat> Seattle's news, Seattle's half-broken patient. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times we butcher that setup for Seattle's news, Seattle's blank. It makes me laugh. Sure. <laughs> Our dazzling donor from Tuesday is Matthew Mattress Lang, a Snohomie. Matt, I don't know if you listen to Little Red Bandwagon, but if you do, could you please tell us how you have the nickname Mattress? I mean, I get it. It starts with Matt, but. <laughs> There's got to be a story yeah. there. <laughs> uh, top story is Love It or List It and the lawsuit. Who among us watches uh, HDTV? Not me. Not me. Yeah. We do. Sam does, and I get sucked into it. We're more of a fixer-upper family because that couple is adorable. Uh, but uh, none of this surprised me. No. Oh, me neither. Yeah. I used to remember back in the day, what was the show? Trading Spaces? I think it's an old TLC show. I remember yes, that. I used to love that show. And stories would come out about just how terrible that would go for pretty much everyone pretty much every time. <laughs> well, the redesigns were mostly based on work you can do with a staple gun. So, of course, it's not going to last. <laughs> right. Uh, HGTV's not on hotel TVs, but in St. Paul, apparently a bunch of religious TV channels are. Anne, you need to enlighten us about this. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have cable, so I can't go and verify this, but I wasn't aware that there were any more religious channels than anywhere else. It could just be the hotel's TV package. I, you know, they we, have different t- we've got than... the Yeah, we've got the preachers on on Sunday mornings, but doesn't everybody? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. I don't know. Andrew's just got a TV in his room that's stuck on Jimmy Swaggart. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have a choir. You sing in a choir. Have, have you ever appeared on any of these shows? No, no. We're not good enough. Oh, don't say that. Eh. Uh, <laughs> to be fair... Your part of the country, Anne, is um, rich in sort of the church choir singing. That There's a lot of that out there. This will get to my day job talk if we push too far. But there's a lot of choirs and stuff in the in the Twin Cities. Minneapolis is kind of known for that. Yes, there's a lot of very good choral groups. Yeah. So maybe it's just because they're, they're 
good that maybe they get more airplay. I don't know. I'm trying to find a way in which Andrew's logic makes sense that his point is sound, but I, I don't have one. Well, I, I'm with Andrew in that more than one religious channel on any cable package is enough. It's too much, probably. There's somebody at the hotel who just uh, sprang for the the extra pack for that. No. <laughs> uh, the, it sounds like they have more religious channels than the government uses batteries. <laughs> How many is that? I don't know, but that's the best way I can come up with to use that analogy. <laughs> I get the government waste, but isn't that when he just turned to like the expensive toilet seat or whatever? Yeah, the the three ply uh, toilet paper in the governor's mansion. It's an outrage. <laughs> Andrew keeps talking about having a big meeting that doesn't exist. We get a... it's scaring just to scare right, Luke, just to Luke scare... would never know about a meeting. <laughs> Um, I remember the voicemail about swaddlers, but I can't remember what the portmanteau is, what the two words are that make swaddler. Uh, it's about walking in the street, annoying walkers. So they're, what is it? Something in... Something in waddling. Waddling, yeah. yeah. I don't remember Swerving? what the S is. Swaying? Swerving and waddling. Swerving. Email from Hess. Uh, the 10 Hess, a recent dazzling donor. Hess? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's looking for 10s in South Korea. So if anyone's out there... Who knows any tens in South Korea and for some reason didn't hear the call on TBTL or on the Stens page. Let us know <laughs> and we'll connect to you. And uh, everyone's a, a homie. It doesn't work. I've, I've no. tried to wrap it around Austin or Kyle or it just it doesn't work for everyone. There has to be. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I thought about introducing you all as homies this week, but Aust homie sounds dumb. <laughs> Del, Del it homie. sounds like it sounds like Del a homie. tumor or something. I've got an Aust <laughs> an ostomy is an actual thing right. yeah yeah it's a hole <laughs> and new bright homie you couldn't find a more yeah. suburban white sounding thing than new mm-hmm. brighton and then to put homie on it just doesn't I'm sorry <laughs> i'll get over it that's the spirit on a wednesday 2102 lonesome doug uh we open with andrew talking about creepily whispering into his xfinity remote <laughs> With his bearded lips. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I was cooking when I was listening to this, and I was like, no, <laughs> there goes my appetite. <laughs> I think it was Luke that makes the joke that it's like a low-rent version of the movie Her. Yeah. Andrew's just mm-hmm. falling in love with his remote. Seattle Mariners. <laughs> Thank you for that. But the important part of Wednesday is... Andrew's fight with Xfinity about his free year of HBO. Good on him for fighting. Yeah, no kidding. Not without a court order. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a classic cable thing, right? I mean, they just talk out of their asses and then hope they don't get caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our cable internet price just, or not cable, we have Fios, um, just basically doubled last month because the two-year term was up. And I've taken one run at trying to get them to give me a deal, threatening to leave, but there's just nowhere to go. So they can call your bluff. Pretty much. It's this or Cox high speed internet and Cox is pretty terrible. Yeah. Thank God. Emily has a stomach for these fights. Um, and she, she sets reminders for herself. You know, she'll go through the fight. She'll get the rate or whatever it is. And then she'll set a reminder for before it's going to expire. And they, you know, kick into the triple mm-hmm. price or whatever. And, you know, now we're going to be moving into a new place, but 
options are limited. Like the only cable that uh, comes to our neighborhood in Kyle is Time Warner, and that is the worst. Oh, that sucks. It is the worst. We made the mistake of going to them for about six months a year or two ago because we had to get their internet because their their internet's not bad. But we packaged it together with the cable and uh, as instinctive as the Xfinity remote is and that system is for those guys, that's not available to, to us. The Time Warner, it's it's like holding a, a, a brick in your hand. Yep, it is. <laughs> just as useful. We had that in Dallas when we first moved because we didn't have any other options where we were renting. And it just, it made us both so mad. Yeah. yeah. So mad. It's angry making. It really is yeah. because you know what's out there because we've had AT&T and we have mm-hmm. it again. And you know, you know, it may not be Xfinity, but it's it's easy to handle. And and you then you switch to Time Warner, and you're like, I can't believe people do this. There's not even a back button on the remote. That's yeah. that's a crime. That's an outrage. They should be someone should take them to court over Ugh. that. Uh, I've always said I have an idea. I it's not in the notes. I've had this idea for a long time, and, and the mention of the back button just brought it back to me. Um, I've always had a, an envision of a two minute back button or a ninety second back button. So. I call it the two-minute flip. When you hit a commercial break, you hit it, and it flips over to the other channel, whatever your backup show is when you're uh-huh. skipping commercials. But after two minutes, it flips back to the first channel oh. you were on automatically. Right. Oh, so like a picture-in-picture, picture, but without you having to do it. Right. I've never had a functioning picture-in-picture picture TV cable setup, so... Those I, are always frustrating. I Yeah. You can get another picture to pop up, but then you can't switch it, and then you can't get rid of it, and it's... That was always a nightmare to me. I never was able to fully utilize that. Right. So when I'm watching HDTV with Sam and we want to see the final results of what Chip and Joanna have done to somebody's house on Fixer Upper, uh, <laughs> and a commercial break comes on and it's going to be two minutes of weird old people medication commercials. <laughs> right. And I want to flip to Chopped and just see whatever they're doing for two minutes, but I'm not really invested. I just want to hit the two-minute flip button and have it flip to Chopped. And then make sure it flips back so I don't miss the renovation because I just spent 45 minutes getting invested in this couple's house. Yep. And I want the payoff. So, yeah, just a two-minute flip button. It Solid idea. Easy ending to idea. program. So Yeah. Uh, and who's the um, conglomerate, all-powerful cable company oh. in your part of the world? I don't know. She's not a cable girl. Um, Comcast, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I don't know. All this discussion is just making me really happy that I stuck to rabbit ears. (laughs) (laughs) We're cable cutters, too, but we have such substitute that it's almost not real. I mean, we have an Internet-based cable package freelanced through another company and Netflix and Hulu. And I'm thinking we might have to give up and get cable again because the only way I'm going to get a decent price on higher speed Internet is to get a bundle now. Mm-hmm. And it makes me angry because we don't need cable. That's why they do it. Yeah. But when we get it, the problem is we end up sitting and watching six hours of crap at night instead of getting yeah, anything done. That, that's mm-hmm. how they get you. <clears throat> Dot TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dazzling Downer is uh, Michelle Zinkovic. Uh, I, don't have a, I don't have a memory of what her plug was. Uh, she may not have written one. That's okay. Her support is still appreciated. On to our top story from Wednesday, and this one is controversial and disgusting and hilarious. The Dyson Airblades that you find in many restrooms these days, the same Dyson Airblades I have spoken out for 
many times, including on this show, I believe, uh, have been shown to just blast grossness everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) On your kid, on your clothes, on your face, in your eyes, on your mouth, whatever. Terrible. But but I I think that this premise is incorrect because that's not the fault of the Dyson. That's people that aren't washing their hands properly. If you started with clean hands, you'd be fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you guys. So I work at a hospital. Hand washing is a big, big, big deal, right? Um, they're always trying to study how to do better a better job at hand washing because washing your hands, even for you know as long as you should, which is thirty seconds, sing happy birthday twice, it gets you down to like I don't know fifty percent of what was on there before. It certainly does not get bacteria off your hands 100%. There's, you have to do hand sanitizer, blah, 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 blah. You have to, it's a multi-stage process if you want really, really clean hands. So regardless of how well, and you know no one in a public bathroom <laughs> is like scrubbing under their nails with soap and hot water for 30 seconds and then using hand sanitizer, right? Do you guys do that? Only when there's a nurse to towel me off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm afraid, regardless of what's going on, those things are going to blow whatever's left on your hands all around the room. But let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop you there, in part because I'm angry, <laughs> and in part because before we proceed, I think we should take a minute and listen back to this conversation that the guys had about this because there's a premise included by Luke and Andrew that I. Well, mainly, I just don't want to repeat in detail, so I'm going to let them do it for us. Let's take a minute now and listen back to the Dyson Airblade conversation from Wednesday. Hello and welcome to Top Story. All right, our top story uh, from the I Could Have Told You That desk. Uh, Ars Technica reporting that using a Dyson hand dryer is like setting off a viral bomb in a bathroom. The the basic issue, by the way, this was uh, Beth Mole writing at Ars Technica. Um, the the basic problem appears to be that the Dyson air hand dryer is so powerful that it actually launches more viruses into the air than even the old, uh, you know, blow dryer, the hand dryer that we used to use. Um, the they did this study. Uh, It was for the Journal of Applied Microbiology. And here's what uh, one of them said. The results of the study suggest that in locations where hygiene and cross-infection considerations are paramount, such as healthcare settings and the food industry, the choice of hand-drying methods should be considered carefully. For the study, uh, this is University of Westminster, they compared the viral explosions from paper towels, a standard warm hand dryer, and a Dyson Airblade jet dryer. The researchers had two participants slathered their gloved hands with a virus called MS2, which infects only bacteria, but is a model for the spread of non-enveloped human viruses. Uh, So basically what they did was they put a bunch of plates out in the bathroom at different parts of the bathroom. This was kind of a weird thing. The plates had E. coli on them. Because this, that's because it sounds like the virus that they put on their hands only affects certain kinds of bacteria. And wouldn't E. coli be a bacteria? Yeah, basically they they slathered their hands in this virus that kills E. coli, and then they put a bunch of plates out that had E. coli on them, and then they blasted their hands and and dried their hands using various techniques, and then they went and collected the plates after each technique to figure out uh, where the E. coli had been killed because that indicated mm-hmm. a splatter. Now. If we can get gross for a moment, 
imagine that each one of those little splatters is a a little splatter of feces. <laughs> Show title? Maybe. <laughs> Researchers set up plates at six heights right next to the drying sources, from adult head height to the leg height of small children. They set plates at nine places around the bathroom from zero to three meters. By far, the jet dryer was the biggest viral spreader. Clumping the data from all six heights together, the Dyson produced 60 times more plaques as the name for the little spot where the E. coli was killed. But you can just imagine diarrhea, diarrhea stains. The Dyson produced 60 times more diarrheas than the warm air dryer and 1,300 times more than paper towels. This was the worst part, though, for me. Um... Uh, the warm uh, uh, the the Dyson produced sixty times more plaques than the warm air dryer, thirteen hundred times more than paper towels. Of the viruses or diarrheas launched by the jet dryer, seventy percent were at the height of a small child's face. Oh God! A couple of things. First of all, I hope somebody's playing a drinking game at home where they drink every time you say diarrhea. Yeah. Um, yeah, secondly, I hear what causes I diarrhea. It is one of the greatest <laughs> mysteries in the scientific world. I think fecal blast is a new Wrigley flavor, isn't it? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's an axe body spray. I think my, my dog Ginger chews that gum. Fecal blast. I love the Dyson Airblade. I think I've said publicly, and if I haven't before, I'll say it now, I would like a full body one. That you just walk through after you get out of the shower. I, I'm not opposed to that. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't expect to be clean. You know. In fact, I might get a little dirty with it. Yikes! Be told. Maybe it just needs to be recalibrated. Dyson, call me. Let's talk. I think we can fix this. I think you just have to, um, like, you have to angle the jets, the air jets, down a little bit, and then you yeah. need like a a suction component underneath it to pull everything instead of having it get blasted up into your kid's eyes because apparently that's the height it's at you know just uh like the thing that dentists use that suck out the extra water as they're Mm -hmm. working Mm. just like Mm -hmm. suck little vacuum yeah just vacuum it all away well this discussion led to somebody posting on the stents page a ted talk of uh, it was an older gentleman and it was only like a five minute ted talk and i want to talk about TED Talks in a, in a, in a minute, but <laughs> the subject was uh, how to dry your hands using uh, just one tiny piece of uh, paper towel. And what this man suggested was that in any bathroom, whether it's your own bathroom or a public restroom, to wash your hands thoroughly, of course, as, as Meredith was saying, and then when you're done washing your hands, to flip your hands 12 times just flinging the water every direction from Dyson your hand. Dyson Airblade style. <laughs> right, Dyson Airblade <laughs> style. But this, this I think, would have even more would have even more range. It's kind of like when a golden retriever comes out of the river with a Frisbee. Yep. You know? Everyone knows to scatter because this is not going to be a pleasant experience for anyone within striking distance of this codger. So... The guy, the guy's demonstrating, you know, how to flip your hands. And then, you know, his paper towel technique is solid, I guess. You know, he folds it twice and, it, you know, it's he's able to use one paper towel after he's already uh, fecal blasted the entire bathroom <laughs> with his flailing hands um, with no regard to anyone else who might be in the bathroom or anyone who might be charged with cleaning this bathroom later yeah. as you're flicking it all over the mirrors and walls 
and floor. Uh, probably, and this is saying a lot, but probably the stupidest TED talk I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> who decides who gets a TED talk these days? This one seems uh, like there was a family who got tired of him talking about this at every at every Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter meal, <laughs> and he said, "Tell you what, Grandpa, let's let's film you doing this talk, and then we'll just put it online, and you can just never." give this talk again just send people the link uh i think ted talks are like podcasts right yeah it's like do it yourself at this point right who decides who gets a ted talk because this was not worthy of a ted talk because not only was it the was the subject not that compelling or important but it was also a terrible idea anyway anyway franchised out I think there is some yeah, sort of franchise system. Ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can buy your way into a TED Talk? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Probably. It's nice to know that the same guy in charge of the Burger King down the street or Taco Times outside of the Seattle metro area. <laughs> right. right. They're franchising them just anybody and they can do anything they want. But, but this guy's technique, it makes me not want to stand next to him at a urinal either because imagine yeah. how violently <laughs> – he shakes off after after doing a little pee-pee business. It's going to get everyone. I posted a video underneath that TED Talk of what I learned as a classic sort of Boy Scout campfire lecture on how to only use one piece of toilet paper. And that video is out there and around, and, and I'll post it. So consider it's really that. really gross. A, yeah, it's mm. really gross. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not graphically, visually gross, but it is viscerally gross. So I'll post that (laughs) uh, on the show page. And that'll be some bonus LRB content. Go to Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook. But seriously, can you see this guy at the urinal? Like he's he's like a lariat. He's just (laughs) slinging it everywhere to dry it off. Come on, dude. And then putting it under the Dyson. (laughs) Well, you got to dry it off. Yeah. Damn. I got really upset by that video. It was a good pull on Lariat, by the way. Thank you. Uh, we get some Sky Jinks on Wednesday. Uh, the story is that a a PR lady, like she'd be looking for press coverage, uh, got stuck in a middle seat, was it went around an arguing couple or an arguing couple around her and somebody put their smelly foot up. And basically she had the disaster middle seat flight and bitched about it. And that was a story. It does seem a little made up. A little bit. Um, Meredith, you've flown most recently out of all of us. Yeah, I flew to Vegas last week for a conference. and Vegas, <laughs> baby! The, yeah, yeah. On the way there, there must I think it was a high school basketball team was also flying from, from Dallas to Vegas for some whatever game, probably. Uh, and I'm guessing it's high school because one of them sat next to me and he ordered a chocolate milk. Oh, I know. It's adorable. He was like nine feet tall, though. I, I usually sit in bulkhead if I can. Um, and being on Southwest, uh, you can sit wherever you want as long as the seat's open. So I usually pay a little bit of money to get early boarding. So I'm, I'm usually like the third or fourth person on the plane. So I usually grab bulkhead. This guy sits next to me because he's got huge legs. Um and, you know, you have to put your bag in the seat in front of you on the floor, right? So I put my purse down there. Um, this basketball player takes his shoes off, which I think is vulgar to do on a plane anyway, but he takes his giant shoes off and he puts his giant foot inside my bag. Hmm. To keep warm? His socked foot 
in my what? bag. I don't think he knew it, but he was encroaching on my foot space, first of all, and then he put his feet in my bag. I could not believe it. Did you say something? <laughs> I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend, and I said, what's happening here? <laughs> she goes, oh, God. I don't that's, know. A, I didn't, that's a show picture I didn't know what if I've say. ever heard of one. <laughs> I'll send it. How do you even, I mean, did, you didn't nudge him? You didn't elbow him in the... Side. I didn't really know what to do. Um, I I I did pick my bag up at one point. I kind of like, hey, can I get my yeah. purse? Uh, thinking that he'd go, oh, I'm sorry, my foot. I didn't mean to do that. Um, so I pretended to get something out of my bag. I zipped it back up and put it back under there. And he just nuzzled his foot right mm. back in. Meredith, uh, I don't want to call any of us old. Uh, but in the eyes of a high schooler, I think that all of us are old enough to carry a little authority. And if you had just looked at him and said, what are you doing? (laughs) I think you would have scared the living crap out of him because uh, this is just, so last night we had our final concert of the season for my day job, Boston Music Aviva, bmv.org. Go check it out if you care. It's not a cat roll. That's real. It's it's, it's, That's an actual thing. It is my actual day job. Um, and one of the things that happens is we do our, a lot of our concerts at Boston University, and so we get this student staff of ushers. I call them the Red Sweaters because that's their uniform, and I don't know any of their names. And so I just sort of call on them collectively. It's a bunch of basically freshmen who couldn't get a better work-study job, and I spend the night just ordering them around because they just stand around being dopey until you tell them what mm-hmm. to do. And they need that level of guidance. And I realize as I'm talking to them, I'll be like, hey, red sweaters, put these inserts in these program books. Hey, red sweaters, I need a table out front. They just look at me like I'm, I could be 50. Yeah. (laughs) No offense, Mike. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not opposed to doing that, but this guy was about seven feet tall. um, And he probably could have, you know, walloped me if he wanted to. So chocolate milk. I didn't. Th- I didn't know you could get chocolate milk on a plane. You can. It's not Bailey's and coffee, so I've never tried to order it. Um, Andrew powers out by saying "power out" loudly. <laughs> Did work. <laughs> and we get yeah. an email from Dave comparing uh, Hank Williams the Third to the Star Trek movies, in that the odd ones are the good ones. No, the even ones are the good ones. Oh, excuse for Star me. Trek. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But it's the odd Hank Williamses. Right. Right. No, it is the even ones that are good because what Voyage Home is the whales and that's Star Trek Four. And I guess we'll really find out when Hank Williams III has a son who sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's time, guys, that we, we have to talk about Thursday. Mm. 2103, mm. purple raining on my face. Obviously, this, this whole show is is all about Prince. The intro music gets bumped for Purple Rain. Uh, we open with Luke choked up, which was intense and unexpected and surprisingly emotional. And I know a lot of people on the Stens page felt the same way, kind of stopped people in their tracks. Do any of you have Prince stories or or really – actually, I want to start with Anne because you're the one who lives so close. I think that I feel the way that most of us in Minnesota feel is that – we really didn't realize how hard this was going to hit us all I, because he was ours. And when he hit it rich, he could have gone anywhere. He could have moved to New York or L.A. or 
London or wherever, but he chose to make his home in a place where it is so cold in the winters that your snot freezes inside your nostrils. And so I think we really appreciated that he deliberately chose to be a part of our community. And it was, it's, it's been really difficult for everybody here. The animals are taking a particular look. really <laughs> upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> he loved Prince. Yeah. I, I'm on the other side of this. Not that I wasn't saddened by Prince's death. I was, but I, I, David Bowie's death hurt me a lot more because I just, as, I, I embraced the music of David Bowie a lot more. I think for me, Prince is incredible, but that music was just sort of part of the canon. Like, Prince was great. It's a huge loss. I'm very interested to see what comes out of Prince's estate for more music. There's talk of, what, dozens of albums that were never released. I I embraced David Bowie at a formative age, and so that meant a lot more to me. I mean, it's just sad and sad, all of it. But uh, I don't know. Mike, you hate music, so where do you land on this? Well, my main memories of Prince are when I was in high school, on Friday nights, uh, I would abandon my girlfriend and go to my friend Jim Haberman's house and it would be a bunch of us dudes in Jim Haberman's basement eating sour cream and onion chips and drinking beer and watching Friday night videos because MTV hadn't, hadn't quite launched yet uh, and just waiting for Prince videos. I can't remember any other artists that we were really looking for. I mean, we enjoyed all the videos or whatever because it was scarcity at that point. But we were waiting for Prince, and that's that was exciting because uh, he was just unlike any other artist that had come before. And um, you know, we're just a bunch of white suburban kids, and it's it was really you know interesting the stuff that he was putting out and I don't even remember that they were playing much of his stuff on the radio but the videos were they started to get really popular and my other my other memory of Prince of course you know he was super popular while I was in college and my friend Mike Smith he of the arched eyebrow in the in the picture of me holding the pen like an asshole like a douchebag uh, <laughs> oh it's not the only thing you do like an asshole <laughs> shut up so Mike Smith was a the biggest Prince fan I knew and he, you know, dragged me and my other friend John and some other people to Purple Rain over and over and over again. And it just I know that movie backwards and forwards and I loved it, not as much as Mike, but um there's just no getting all of that out of my head and it's it's uh surprisingly emotional. For me, I, I didn't expect to be hit hard like like that because that stuff doesn't. I don't know. I'm maybe maybe my you know I'm dead inside, but you know celebrity deaths don't normally mean much to me. But this was a little bit different because he was a little bit different, and he, you know, as as nutty as I think he was, he he had a big heart. I think and. You know, so much talent. And and I don't even like shredding guitars, but I'll listen to him shred for some reason. But that's all I have. That is the most sincere thing about music I've ever heard you say. Yeah. (laughs) I hate music. (laughs) 
Uh, Meredith, do you have anything you want to add to the Prince talk? Uh, you know, I got to echo what everybody else has said, but I, it brought up some memories that I'd completely forgotten about from when I was a kid. Um, I have two cousins who are 10 and 12 years older than me, and they used to babysit me. And of course, I thought they were so cool. You know, I was probably six and they're 16 and 18. And um, they used to force me to listen to Prince a lot when I was a kid and watch the videos. We would spend a lot of time listening to the radio and watching MTV. And uh, it's just, you know, I have a lot of fond memories attached to him and his music. And I am really, really sad that he's gone. Yeah. Highlights from Thursday's analysis. Uh, Prince's name was Prince. (laughs) (laughs) I think Luke might have been the only person who didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had a cat named Prince, too. Of course I did. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of cats, I know you're hearing dog noises through the last few minutes and i'm going to go ahead and say now that i'm going to be too lazy to clean those up i was going to say maybe we should edit that out yeah but now that we it's because it's because duff came inside and then went back outside so how dare he that's all it takes now that we've talked about it guys i'm not cleaning it up uh because it would be confusing for you to hear this and then not have heard dog Mm, barking um the office door in my office uh, i the doorknob we took the doorknob off to paint the door. We put the door back on. The doorknob was kind of busted, so I went to get a new one, but it's a weird size. And so we haven't been able to find one that fits quite right, so the door doesn't have a knob. It's a real classy operation here. <laughs> and so when I record, I usually put something against the door so that Cupcake won't push her head in and come make noise. I believe Sam uh, peeked her head in while we were recording earlier, and I didn't hear it through the headphones. But she managed to push the door and leave it ajar. Cupcake came in, has been meowing and staring at me, but quietly <laughs> enough that you probably didn't hear it. <laughs> I did not. And now she's gone again. But um, I, you're not the only one with animal issues today. I just wanted you we to know. Felt, we felt Cupcake's everybody. judgment. We felt it. Right. <laughs> and I, I just, I don't, I've never had a pet named Prince. I have a cupcake, though. So like uh, Mittens are great. Just wanted to mention that courtesy of interrupting ian <laughs> uh dazzling donor from thursday is fletch phyllis fletcher friend of the show uh love of our show and our hearts fletch and josh and gus all getting a delightful shout out on thursday <laughs> for their support uh and the top story on thursday is actually really great um ironically on friday we're going to talk about prince process stories <laughs> Uh, TBTL was ahead of the curve with their Prince Process story, getting Luke's friend Andy to come in and tell of his experiences at Paisley Park, which to me sounds like Gatsby set in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever been to Paisley Park, is that the kind of can you can you approach it? How can you just sort of show up? I I've never been to Paisley Park, and that's kind of a, on the other side of the cities from me, so I don't get down there very much. But I I think it's I mean it's gated, so you can drive pretty close to there, but I don't think you can get in. I wonder right. if they're going to make it like a Graceland eventually. Oh, I bet mm. mm-hmm. absolutely. More of a Graceland, less of a Dollywood. Never been to either. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. But I uh, hate I, music, so I do like the Camaro Kev. Uh, I think it's on Friday chimes in and says that um, the pictures of Paisley Park look like the Jansport factory he used to work at, which is not the direction I would have thought that would go in. I didn't really get that. I guess it's kind of industrial. I don't know. Industrial. Yeah. I don't know. 
I expected it to be like covered in pink vel or purple velvet. Right. As all good things should like be. Like a factory. Yeah. Uh, the guys read through Facebook comments about Prince. Uh, Andrew had actually thrown up an open thread on the Stens page asking for feedback. And Luke reads an Onion headline. I think once in a while the Onion just hits it right out of the park. <laughs> uh, just line draw, you know. And he censored it slightly. So I'm going to read it the way the Onion yes, wrote it. do it. And Aiden, I'm sorry. But uh, nation too sad to fuck, even though it's what Prince would have wanted. <laughs> and if you haven't read the article, it's it's really funny. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. just the headline. The article really spells that out really well. And uh, we'll put that in the link, too. We'll put that in the show notes because it's really good. As if you didn't see it on on Facebook 18 times already shared by other people. They had they had another one, Starwipe, which I think is an Onion property had a headline that, again, apologies, Aiden, sky climaxes after being penetrated. By <laughs> All right. On to Friday. I have a lot of notes for Friday, but we can move through them pretty quickly. It's Friday 2104, confused like a fox. Luke is in Portland. Carrie is with him. There's a mention of Casingles, which always makes me laugh. I have an old friend who actually worked for Sony uh, on the Casingle rollout. So much for that. Little Red Bandwagon, that's our podcast, gets a plug, as does Christy for the for the Prince cataloging and sharing, which we talked about earlier. And again, apologies to Ben Quick, whose work went unrecognized there, but we'll recognize him here. Well, those guys uh, tend to give credit to whoever's name they've heard of before. So I, I'll get credit <laughs> and Christy will get credit and then nobody else gets any credit for anything. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, the guys indirectly uh, may slander... Uh, Piper for having a Dewey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love this stupid little storyline of the ongoing rivalry between Luke and Piper. I hope, <laughs> I hope she embraces it. I hope she gets up on stage in Minnesota and just spits some <laughs> awful things at Luke. And I want to write, I want to write for her. <laughs> uh, Stubot, let us know if we can help with that. This could be a good project for us. Uh, we get a Jim Nance impression. God, <laughs> that was great. Golf narrator. That was actually another thought I have for clip of the week. But yeah, would you like to see a picture of burnt toast? <laughs> <laughs> we get some '80s talk. Andrew has never seen Dirty Dancing, or Flashdance, or Footloose, or Fame. I have not seen Footloose or Fame. Uh, Flashdance came along at a very good time for me. I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, I've seen many times because I think I was single at the time and dating several women and everyone wanted to go see that. And, you know, who am I to stand in the way of <laughs> romance? Andrew's quote, doesn't somebody have an abobo in one of these? Oh, boy. You know, I saw this movie for the first time when I was probably seven or eight, and I missed that whole storyline. It made no sense to me. <laughs> I watched it again at like 20, and I was like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> That's what the doctor's for. I thought she was just sick or something. Yeah. Andrew hasn't seen any of those movies, but he has seen The Magic Christian. <laughs> has anyone seen that? No. I don't think Peter Sellers even saw The Magic Christian. <laughs> I had never heard of it. I'd only heard of it because it's come up on the show before. Uh-huh. 
we get a look ahead to next Wednesday. They're doing a special project. The guys are doing a pod crawl with a couple of other podcasts. TBTL doesn't usually get into this kind of stuff. Right. But apparently they're going to break down the movie Look Who's Talking 2, which I don't remember at all. I'm sure I saw it, but I don't remember it. Well, what this kind of made me feel bad because the other day in, in a chat, I... I had made some joke about three men and a baby, how smart the baby was. But then when I heard about this, I'm like, no, that was a dumb joke because <laughs> the smart baby was the look who's talking baby. Right. Uh, and worth noting, the title is look who's talking to T O O. The the third is look who's talking now. Right. The legend Isn't of the curly third skull. about animals. <laughs> Yeah, the third is about their dogs. Yeah, because the second is they have a sibling, and oh, the third God. is their pet. You're asking the wrong person. I That shit's all just run together for me. <laughs> uh, I thought about maybe watching Look Who's Talking To to brush oh, out yeah. before listening to this. So I might. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. We'll see. I've got a busy week ahead, but you know what would be a better way to spend 90 minutes than that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Days Long Donor, Steve Gehring and his son Theo, no relation, but we do get a nice Theo splaining <laughs> line out of it. Uh, and the top story for Friday is Prince, uh, Prince spin out stories, Prince process stories. Every, every media outlet on earth looking for their angle on Prince and the yeah. most objectionable one being the motor trend clickbait slideshow of red Corvettes. Ugh. I think it seems like. Not only every company in the world, but almost every person in the world, particularly on Facebook, is looking for ways to make celebrity deaths all about them. And it it's only intensifying with every one that passes, you know, Robin Williams, David Bowie, Prince. Um, now it's, it just seems like people go to work overtime and companies go to work overtime to how can we possibly wedge ourselves into this? Right. I mean, I feel like TBTL did it really organically because it's just them talking about their emotions and their experiences. Yeah, and, and their Andy's story. I mean, it was amazing. It was great. Mm-hmm. Right. I liked it. And uh, uh, I'm just waiting for Walgreens to get in on this. Right. <laughs> Where did he go when he was sick? <laughs> no. I want to plug the gist. I mean, we do it all the time anyway, but... Um, just yesterday, I finally got to listen to, I think it was Friday's gist. Um, I'm a big fan of Chris Malamphy, the guy from Slate that talks about music and the banter that he and Mike have uh, when he comes on to talk about a year of number one hits from the yeah, past. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. really, really, and the production quality is really great on those episodes too, the way they splice in all the all the bits and pieces of those songs. He came in and they talked about Prince, but it was different. Like, I thought the conversation was really interesting. And uh, go listen to Friday's Gist for a really good career recap and uh, music influence. Talking about all the songs, I didn't realize he wrote Manic Monday. Mm, Neither did I. Like, just a random thing. Like, all the songs that he wrote or produced or blessed or had influence on beyond his own hits. It's a really good episode. I don't want to miss a couple of points from this top story section. Um, they talked about deaths that had major impact. Uh, Michael Jackson came up. I think Bowie came up again for me uh, as a child. It wasn't an impact on me, but an impact I saw was when Sinatra died. I saw people wear black. This is really random, but I remember the secretary at our church 
had like black streamers and a picture of Frank up in her office for like three weeks. Was Sinatra Catholic? Probably. I'm guessing he was. Um, and we're Episcopalian. It wasn't about that, but like, you know, that was a cultural moment for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because it's a different generation that it didn't hit them the same way. But that was a big one. I don't know if anyone else has any other huge ones uh, from your lives or childhoods or whatever. No, this, this, this one, I think this one, I don't know, even more so than Michael Jackson, I think, because uh, Prince didn't do anything wrong. Right. right. <laughs> no, it's a, not, I don't want to make it any more coarse than that, but, right. you know, he didn't well, do anything wrong. I think wrong. for my, for my family, probably when Garrison Keillor goes, it'll mm-hmm. be a, my mom will put his picture up above her bed. That is disturbing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I might turn gay too if Garrison Keillor's picture were over my. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be a sad day for Lake Wobegon. And how far is that from your place? Lake Wobegon? I don't know. <laughs> it's not this, a real It's place. not a real. There are so many lakes here. There could be a Lake Wobegon as far as I know. I understand that it's not a real place. Uh, Sinatra was a lifelong Catholic, but with a jaded view of organized religion, says some websites. So there you go. That's a not shocking answer there. Uh, also, I was just trying to look back very quickly to see just how much time Terry Gross was able to take off this week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't we, think he, in, in 1996, actual... we interviewed uh, somebody whose dog ran through the yard of somebody who <laughs> once spoke to Prince at the grocery store. We're going to play that now as we jet right out of the office. We have an interview of a of a former Office Max employee. <laughs> that was a great. That was such a great clip too. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to redo my rant. I'll just pin it in somewhere if it matters about Office Max and Andrew and Staples slandering Staples. You have to weave it in somewhere, Bobby. Yeah. It's gold. Yeah. Pretty much the worst choice of words of the week uh, on Luke screwing the pooch with Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> And also Billy Corgan on the same day. Uh, music for your weekend. Luke picks the drums. Let's go surfing. Andrew, cool poem Pete with Giddy Up. I'm going to take a moment here. With the amount of setup that Andrew used to talk about the inappropriate word choice at the beginning of Giddy Up, I did not expect it to be titties. Yeah, I was expecting a lot worse. <laughs> but you I know what? I, I think that word, I, I know for Emily, it's worse than a lot of words. Really? Yeah, for some reason that she she really hates that. I one. thought he was gearing up for a for a C. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. I mean, titties is a terrible word, so I'm going to keep bad. using it. But but it's also <laughs> it's a juvenile word, isn't it? Like it's the kind of yeah, thing I would yeah. expect a yeah. a 12-year-old boy to use. Well, it's it's the kind of word you use uh if you never ever want to get laid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's up there with, you know, like jugs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Keep going, Bobby. Let's see. What else you got? Yeah, I don't know. Is... That's I was not a particularly cool 12-year-old boy, so I think that was my vocabulary there is pretty limited. It's used in a lot of songs. I'm thinking back, and I don't really want to repeat them, but uh, Jay-Z says it a lot, too. Oh. He, he's beyond he, – he'll, he'll continue to get laid no matter what he can yeah, say whatever what he, he says. says. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this leads to talk of karaoke. Uh, and uh, a policy on on other words and how TBTL has a really fluid relationship with when and how, uh, especially with music. Um, 
those kind of words happen. I, I, I don't know. Do we want to parse into karaoke rapping rap songs? I think the right answer is to just not do it. Period. Well, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I don't go to karaoke and I've never been at a karaoke where someone attempted a song that had the word in it. And does it happen? Do people do it? Do white people just go for it? Or what happens in those situations? I don't karaoke either. I don't know. I think after enough drinks, white people are dumb. Uh, yeah. yeah. Listener Danielle brings us a Matt and Kim song, Hey Now. To round out our week. Three very different songs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. Music Fear Weekend. <laughs> uh, and that will go to housekeeping. Without Christy around the last few weeks, I feel like we haven't done a lot of justice to the archive project. Uh, but Anne, you are a gold star archivist. Can you tell us, um, in your experience... Have you been getting faster at archiving as you're going? Do you feel like you've got such a like a, a rhythm down now? I do. I when I first started, uh, I was all gung ho about it, and then round about week seven or eight, it started to get hard. But I powered through because I wanted to hit ten, and then after that, it seemed to I I don't know. I went to the next level, and now I don't even care. I just do it. It's no big deal. <laughs> My point is, for those of you out there who haven't started archiving yet, get over the hump because you hit your rhythm, you hit your stride, and then you really enjoy it. And uh, mm-hmm. Mike, how far along are you? Um, I've I've completed one episode uh, Thursday <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So my archiving has slowed down a lot with the puppy because it requires a good chunk of free time. Um, but I did just do one in which. They read one of my emails, which was very weird to listen back to. <laughs> Did you put yourself in the notes, listener? Yes, I said listener Meredith uh, parentheses me <laughs> writes all in the way about <laughs> writes in about why you shouldn't live in Detroit in a hundred dollar house. Oh right, right. Good advice. Yeah, hundred dollar house doesn't sound very good. well because they were talking like, "What a great idea! You would save so much money." And I was like, "Well, there are hidden costs you should know about, like having to replace all the copper that was stripped." Yes, and an arsenal of firearms. So thank you to all the archivists who've been working their tails off. Uh, We're plugging along. I believe Christy just posted a deadline for people who are archiving shows from 2014. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, And if you are interested and haven't signed up yet but would like to, we are still taking more archivists. We always are. Drop us a line. Let us know. We'll get you hooked up. And we're going to have Christy back in consistently soon. She's just... um, finishing out the last wave of wedding related nonsense before the next wave of wedding related nonsense. And so Bobby, speaking of wedding related nonsense, um, Jeremy sent us a note saying they recorded a new nerd out loud last night where they talk all about the wedding and honeymoon. So that'll be um, posted uh, right about the time that this show posts. So if you want to hear all about that, I mean, we're going to talk about that on our next episode this week, but if you want a really in depth fleshed out, uh, description of the wedding uh go to nerd out loud i think you do nerd out loud i'm looking forward to it uh Mm. go take a listen to that uh who wants to tell us how to get involved well you can get involved by going to our website at the little red you can check us out on facebook both on the stens page and on our page you can check out people's personal twitters at kissy eyes at meredith underscore mayhan at drew mcfrizz at RL Pape, at Daz Ternot. You can come see me on Facebook and Lundholm. The, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. 
you can email at us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com, or you can always send us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And we'll back that up with a jingle. If you've got some imaginary friends, but two just aren't enough, and you love talking current events a week or so after the real stuff, call 802-432-8285. That's 802-432-8285. Talk to the Little Red Bandwagon and sign up for the archive. Yeah. Also worth noting, guys, if you want a friend and Lundholm, but for some reason you can't spell Lundholm, you don't have to because you can go to (laughs) littleredbandwagon.com slash friend and. You can. (laughs) That'll take you right where you need to go. Uh, with that, boy, I'm so confused lately about who gets us out of here, how, but someone going to start it. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. I just had a, a, I don't know if it's a brainstorm or a brain fart yet. (laughs) I'll get your opinion on this. We have to see if it fills the room. Yes, that's right.